welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 19, verses 16 through 27. This is where Jesus will be crucified according to John's recollection of it in his gospel. Before we jump into this text, I want to say thank you to the Family Leader for being our Daily Dose Devotion sponsor. You can learn more about the Family Leader in the announcements at the end of this devotion. And as always, thank you to the Family Leader for their support. The second part of verse 16 says, So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said, to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. So I want to stop right there and spend a little time on this. It's very interesting that Pilate would put this inscription up on the cross. Not only that, but he made sure it was written in three different languages. Aramaic was the language that was most known to the Jewish people. Latin was the official language of the Roman Empire, and Greek would have been kind of the international language of that area. Both Jews and Gentiles would have been familiar with that language. So this means that that inscription, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, would have been very widely accessible to anyone who understood any of those languages. It's almost like Pilate, certainly unknowingly, is proclaiming to the world as clearly and as boldly as he can that Jesus of Nazareth is the King of the Jews. Now, John is known for using double meaning throughout this gospel. And you can look this up on your own. Back in chapter 3, verse 14, there's a double meaning around the language lifted up. In chapter 4, verse 10, there's double meaning around the phrase living water. In chapter 8, verse 24, there's double meaning around I am. And in chapter 11, verses 50 and 51, there's double meaning around die for the people. Well, there's double meaning here as well. The first meaning is, of course, likely what Pilate intends, and that is to put on this placard the crime for which this man is being crucified. That was common practice in Rome. If someone's being crucified, make sure the whole world knows, everybody walking by it, everyone who sees it, everybody who hears about it knows why this guy is dying so that nobody else repeats that offense, whether it's a robber or a murderer or an insurrectionist. They put that up there to tell people, don't rob, don't murder, don't cause an insurrection. So Pilate is merely making known the charge for which this man was crucified. He's being crucified because he was the king of the Jews. Of course, the second meaning is only understood by those who truly know who Jesus is, and that is literally the king of the Jews. Not just the king of the Jews, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. John, with this literary effect of double meaning, is making a very strong point. And of course, the Jewish leaders bristle at this. They say to Pilate, don't give him the credit of being called the king of the Jews. He wasn't the king of the Jews. He claimed to be the king of the Jews. And then Pilate puts the matter to rest and says, what I've written, I've written. Man, Pilate is so close. And I hope that following the resurrection of Jesus, somehow somebody from the early church got to Pilate and convinced him that Jesus was the Messiah. I hope that he bended his knee to Jesus, put his faith and trust in Christ. I hope to see him in heaven. But there's nothing in Scripture that leads us to believe that's the case, other than there being a chance of that, just because it seems like Pilate is so close to understanding the truth, but not yet quite there to proclaim Jesus as Lord, at least as far as we know. 
reminded me of something that my college-age son Mason told me a few days ago. He's been having ongoing conversations with a young man who is curious about faith in Christ. He's asking a lot of really good questions. He's looking into the Bible for himself. There's a certain openness in him, and we're hopeful, if he hasn't already, that he would one day receive Jesus and believe in his name. It reminds me that there are so many people that are in Pilate's shoes, so many people that might be in the same shoes as this young man who's talking to my son. They're right there, but something's holding him back from jumping all the way in. And I'd say if that's you today, if that's somebody who you love today, do whatever you can to get past that hesitation, past that obstacle that keeps a person from fully trusting in and living for Jesus Christ. Let's continue in verse 33. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. Now this is a reference to Psalm 22, which was written a thousand years before the crucifixion of Jesus. If you go look up that psalm, if you listen to our daily dose on that psalm, there are several specific prophecies regarding how the Messiah will be killed, things that take place right here in John's account and in some of the other gospel writers' account. It's remarkable. And these soldiers have no idea that they are fulfilling a very specific, detailed portion of thousand-year-old prophecy. In their mind, they're just playing a game while a guy dies. But through these fulfilled prophecies, we see the redemptive hand of God over thousands of years of history at work to communicate to us that this was his plan all along so that we could be redeemed by faith, so that we could have the righteousness that Jesus lived that we can't, which is only available through faith in him. Verse 25, But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. A lot of Marys here. It's hard to keep track of all of them. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. We've talked about this before. Of course, the disciple whom Jesus loved, who's being talked to in this account, is John himself, the gospel writer. Jesus is displaying great love and affection and honor for his mother. While he's dying on the cross, he's concerned about her. And he makes sure that John understands that now that I'm no longer here to care for my mother, who was no doubt widowed, otherwise she would be cared for by her husband, Joseph, the one who she was betrothed to before Jesus was born, Jesus takes measures to be sure she is cared for by his beloved disciple John. As of this moment in the text, Jesus has been crucified. He's hanging on the cross, but he's not dead yet. There are a few more insights we're going to gain from him before he dies in the next text. And a couple texts from now is the last time we're going to hear anything about Pontius Pilate. So come back again for more. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com.
We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.